0: to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network and you are joined by Danuta and my fabulous co-host Lawson. Lawson, good morning to you.
1: Good morning, Danuta.
0: It's good to see you here again.
1: Absolutely. I'm happy to be here, happy to be, you know, here in the studio this morning, getting to do Faith FM. Absolutely. You know, despite what happens in my life, even though like nothing bad is happening (laughs) in my life you know whatever weather may come whether rain or hail or shine or fog even though like we haven't really had bad weather either no no
0: no we're we're having having a pretty
1: like i'm having a pretty average week i think i'm just like just like lots on lots to do but at the same time just kind of plodding along and getting through it and eating food and sleeping and you know Occasionally hanging out with my friends, actually <laughs> having
0: a typical kind of a day that most right. of us have—getting up, doing the the rounds of things, and then back to bed at. the Except, end of the
1: day. <laughs> I'm constantly on edge. Oh, not why? here, but when um, I'm at university, and um, the reason is because so I live in the dormitories, the boys' dorm oh, at my uni. Yes, and and we're playing this game. It's called the Hungarian games, uh-huh. and basically everyone gets a spoon. And you have someone's name on your spoon. Oh. And you walk around and you try and find that person and catch them by themselves. And then if you touch them on the head with the spoon, they're out of the game.
0: That's a really different game. It is really like, interesting. But is it just, this a way of just getting to know the others yeah, in the yeah. dorms? it's just
1: like everyone... And who
0: put this together?
1: Like the leaders of the dorms, the RAs. But it just means that like now, every time I go to my room, I like lock my door because I don't <laughs> want someone to run in there. Because I'm, I'm still, a lot of people have gotten out. I'm still in the game. I've already gotten one elimination, so I've gotten someone out. But now I'm like, you know, plotting. But, but then hey, also, yeah. living by the sword, dying by the I'm sword sure, well. I'm
0: sure you're still grateful that you can live in the Dormitory. Oh, no, it's awesome. And, and it's that fun. And you've got friends around it's super fun. and you've got great cafe food. And coming up on our show today, we have our interview with John Ashton on creation science, which will be fascinating. In our new segment, we're looking at an interesting story of the return of a lion to Africa. In our Bible study, we're continuing Ephesians 6, looking at. Being slaves of Christ and what that means, and unpacking it, and how it's so different to slavery um, in humanity.
1: You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: That was Jaden Levick. We've come to me. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuda and Lawson. Lawson, it's our first quiz question today. Today's the, I like, I'm going to use your word, it's the penultimate hey, day
1: look at that. <laughs> look at that. before
0: the draw. So tomorrow we go, we have the draw of your answers, the answers of your quiz questions and you go in the draw tomorrow at quarter to nine and we uh, draw you out for the prize. So take mm-hmm. it away for today's first quiz question, please.
1: Okay, our first quiz question, what did Balaam's donkey see that made him afraid. Mm. So, Balaam, he's riding a donkey. We kind of, we talked about Balaam talked earlier. About yeah. Week, but this is kind of a different question. It is a different Balaam, question. Balaam, he's riding his donkey. You know, the donkey keeps swerving left and right in yeah. here, what did he see? What absolutely. did the donkey see? If you know the answer to that one, 0491 064 669. That is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you will go into the drawable. It will be an entry into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week, 13 Weeks of Joy by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer. We want to give you that one absolutely for free. <coughs> but again, that number is 0491 Six six nine. That is the number to text. So give us text at that number, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine and tell us what the Balaam's donkey was afraid of.
0: Absolutely. And hey, we've already started having some text messages coming And We had a really interesting one yesterday, um, from Sue about her, the heritage of her family regarding slavery. But we're going to bring that one up in our Bible study. Mm-hmm. The Bible study happens after eight, after the eight o'clock news. So around about ten past eight. So keep hanging in there for the Bible study and uh, just some really great stuff that's come there back from Sue even at the end of the show yesterday. We've also got one here from Wayne saying, Good morning, um, Danuna and Lawson. Getting the word to the whole world reminds me of this scripture. You give someone the Bible. You have given them bread, given them the spirit, given them a friend, Jesus. You have clothed them in Jesus' righteousness. You have healed them and taken them from slavery of this world. Um, Mm. Amen. Matthew 25, 35 to 40. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and took me in. And verse 36 says, I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Mm. Such a fabulous passage, mm. isn't it? And it just goes to show, again, too, just in so many ways, how we are not alone in this world. Mm. We are not alone. Jesus is with us always. But when you know, when we actually come in as and and accept Jesus into our lives as believers, it just takes on a whole new slant in our lives, and and our thirst and hunger in the sense that, you know, thirst for something more and hungry for something more. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. He said, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In um, one of the favorite passages in Matthew. And also, um, you know, I, I am the bread of life um, and come to me if you are thirsty. Um, mm. I, I'm the water of life too. And so just fabulous stuff. We'll read some more throughout today because we've got them coming in thick and fast as well and already got some answers coming in. Um, but, hey, just before I go on to this good news statement, do you remember yesterday? Yesterday too, we were talking about guitars and you said, Oh, there's a really good oh, I did shop too. in Newcastle, yeah. right? Music shop and I said, Don't say it, my husband will probably go there. Well, I found out that he's already been there mm-hmm. like last I came home last night and you said, Yeah, I heard that and he said, I've already been there and he said, See that guitar there like He'd slipped it in at some stage. I think he might have mentioned it to me, but I wasn't aware that the guitar that's in the rumpus room is actually the one that he'd bought in Newcastle. Uh, and the one from Hollywood. That is so awesome. The one awesome. from Hollywood is packed away at that the moment. Is and so, so <laughs> awesome. That I was is, like Keith,
1: you are a legend. You are a legend of the no, game. No, don't
0: pump him up, Lawson. Do don't you? pump him up. There's enough wives in the house already. Like I call them the wives because they always go in the car first when we're travelling as uh, well. yeah. But yeah. what I do like, and I want to say this though, I am grateful for the fact that my husband is a musical person. Mm. Apart from other things I'm grateful for with him. But, you know, that he's a musical person. He loves the Lord. And the songs that he plays are just really, you know, God's mm. beautiful songs. And he's even composed Absolutely. some himself. So.
1: Yeah, it's amazing when we can <laughs> use the gift of music to worship God yeah. and to lead that out as well. It's been a huge help for me in my ministry. I learned guitar when I was, I, I picked up a guitar for the first time when I was 18, 19. Wow. And now I can play, or I can play pretty much all the church instruments, the guitar, the bass and piano. And, and even like a bit of Oh, and all a a that once. Drum. Of course, yeah, I'm my one-man band. But I can pick up those now and play them at a decent level. That's so cool. And I re- I'm actually really grateful because I think I I really praise the Lord. Like, I think I got good at them quite quickly because I was just playing in church every week. And yeah, now, you know, especially up until this year for five years, I was working in church plants, you know, and there's always like when you're in a church plants, like a brand new church and there's always the struggle to get people up for music and whatnot. And so for me, being able to just step into that role and just help out whenever I can, it's like one of the best, like the biggest blessings that i've been given by god like one of the best gifts because not not that any gift is better than another gift but it's been one of the best gifts for me because it's like oh, i can help out in
0: yeah this space. absolutely mm. no it's fantastic and i'm the same like you know because i play the piano that's so many so times awesome. i need to do that you, many times i've had to preach and play the piano yeah
1: so. yeah oh no that's like classic
0: and then after lunch you kind of crash for a little while that's right
1: preach play the piano run the yeah. av as well yeah, like right. do, you do you that's do it, it all you do that's
0: it all it. hey some Fabulous news. Uh, there's a lion that has been uh, dubbed the, the world's loneliest lion. Oh, yeah, yeah, sad. sad, but he's no longer lonely because he's oh. been returned to Africa. Now, here's, cool. the, here's the interesting thing is like, why is he called the world's loneliest lion? Mm-hmm. Well, he's 15 years old and he was actually abandoned five years ago in a private zoo in Catch this in Armenia. So, of course, mm-hmm. Armenia is part of the, um, uh, is is up part of uh, West Asia and it borders with Turkey, Georgia, as, mm. as, uh, Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. That's Azerbaijan. It, that, you did it well, okay. <laughs> and, I, and Iran as well. Yeah. Now, they, they've named him Ruben. He was actually part of a pride of lions in the zoo and the lions were actually relocated five years ago, catch mm. this, and somehow he got left behind in a small concrete cell. Mm. So I'm thinking, like, how did that happen? He's not a small animal right mm. he's not a small animal um and obviously maybe he was sleeping or really quiet didn't make any noise but somebody obviously didn't also go back and check and mm. so um you know my question that went to my mind is how on earth did he survive on his own there must mm. have been just insects and other stuff coming that he would just live off of mm. um, i don't know because they don't say how he lived but somehow he survived all these five years so when they well so-
1: i could imagine like catching rodents or something oh, I don't like, know. like it's hey. yeah that's intense
0: so really really interesting so anyway that he's been found and animal defenders international and Qu- uh, quarter Airways cargo transported him 5200 miles back down to South Africa. So the ADI which is the Animal Defenders International sanctuary uh, wildlife sanctuary in Free State South Africa are now re- rehabilitating him and they're saying that lions are the most sociable of the big cats living in family in in, in prides in, in the wild and of course we know that but of course when they found him it was really wobbly cuz he was malnourished understandably mm. Um, and he's also had, you know, five years of no exercise, really. So you think of that. But his resilience, they're saying, has really stunned them that he strode off the actual travel. I know. He actually walked off the, the crate and followed a trail of sausages to a giant. Uh, a punch bag you know a mm. catnip punch bag mm. um his first toy and he immediately started playing with it so okay. can you imagine it like so goes to like show
1: in a good state of mind good state with of enough mind. energy to be able to you know get around and whatnot that is amazing isn't it
0: amazing and i just think you know normally as human beings we would run away from lions hey <laughs> you know yeah. but here they've actually been able to catch him, put him in the cage um transport him across mm. so there's lots of things that were involved in in moving him, you know, with the airport being involved with the process of loading him and unloading him, making sure that the, the, the flight, you know, the door sizes and stuff were big enough to get him in and stuff. But lots of effort was taken and it's actually paid off and he's really happy because of course he hasn't been around mm-hmm. other lines for many years too. And you know, since my childhood years I've always looked forward to other than seeing Jesus in heaven when we get to heaven, one of the mm-hmm. things I'm looking forward to is also being able to lie against a lie and in his mane. Mm. And, um, you know, and I just think how in the Bible it says in Isaiah 11, 6 that the wolf and the lamb will graze together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. But I also love the fact that Jesus is also referred to as the lamb that was slain, but also the lion of Judah mm. um, and that's why he is worthy of our praise in mm. every way and so the beautiful thing is you know that the Bible just speaks of this in this way and I just think like um, this picture here of the fact that Humans were able to be right there with the lion is the picture that mm. we've got of heaven, but wow. the greatest lion is the lion of Judah, who of is Jesus Himself, mm. because He died for you and I. He died on the cross so that you and I, um, as in all of our listeners and, and everyone out there, may have uh, Jesus and be worthy of of being saved. As
1: you're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: That is such a powerful song. It always stirs my heart. And Mm. I just think of how Jesus is so worthy, so worthy of our praise in every way. The line of Judah. Um, Mm -hmm. Take Mm -hmm. it away with our next quiz question, please. All right,
1: here we go. What kind of precious stones were set in the ephod worn by the high priest? Mm. Was it? Okay, which kind of precious stones? Was it? A, onyx. B, diamond. C, ruby. Or D, Emerald. If you know the answer to that one, 0491064669 is the number to text. And if you know the answer, if you get it correctly, you will get another chance to go into the draw for 13 Weeks to Joy, How to Hold ha- the Happiness that God Gives by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer. So the more questions you answer correctly, the more chances you have in the draw, mm. the more chances you have to win. But again, that question was, what kind of precious stones were set in the ephod worn by the high priest? Is it A, onyx, B, diamond, C, ruby, or D, Emerald. A. Onyx. B. Diamond. C. Ruby. Or D. Emerald, zero four nine one zero six That is the number to text if you know the answer. And, yeah. And they're
0: enjoyed. all good choices because they're all precious stones, aren't they're they? They're all precious. So you've got one chance in 25. That's one, right. A 25%, uh, 25% chance, yeah. sorry. But, so this is referring to the high priest in the Old Testament. So mm. if you're not sure where to go, go into the book of Exodus, and you'll actually see there in the early chapters about... <clears throat> About the yeah, about the robe and what was actually mm-hmm. on there that the high priest actually wore, and of course a lot of the stuff there is representative and pointed to Christ. That's mm-hmm. the key thing. Mm-hmm. So, hey, where are we going today, Lawson? With the All right.
1: news? All right, I got a question to ask you, Denida. Yo, here we go. How do you feel oh. about swearing? Oh,
0: like saying oh. swear
1: words. What?
0: How do I really feel? How do you feel? Me f- saying how? it or hearing it or both? Uh, like.
1: Well, let's reflect on the personal, right? Because you can't control every, anyone else's actions Yeah. for yourself and particularly think of your context as well, the work that you do, the life that you live, all these different things. Like, how do you feel about swearing?
0: Well, I don't like it at all. Uh-huh. I, I don't like it at all. And to be honest, even when I do, so I'm going to say, even though I said, you know, which one do you want? But when I actually hear it, it really affects me like from others mm. as well. And, um, and so for me, you know, especially being in the role I am as a minister, but but overall, as a Christian, mm. you know, I need to be really careful about swearing. And so I really choose – I mean, it, it's become a habit for me not to swear, okay? Mm. But, you know, do, does the occasional thing slip out? Well, that's for each of us to work out ourselves. But mm. the thing is, you know, on the odd time – uh, I would say maybe something slips out, but it's not anything really heavy or bad. But I don't like it and straight away. I ask yeah. for forgiveness if that happens. But overall, yeah. I don't like swearing
1: at all. No, I, I think he for, for me anyway, would you say from, the same? from my perspective, Like that's a very agreeable position, Like, and I agree with you. Yeah, because we're it,
0: part of sin. That, i mean, so in this world, but that, that's right go you know, away from it.
1: Well, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4.29, it says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And I love this one too as well. Colossians four six, where it says, "Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer Absolutely. each person." For me personally, I've had a bit of a journey with swearing. It's actually it's kind of part of my testimony a little bit. It's yeah. like one of one of a couple areas where God actually really transformed me. Oh, like I'm not even Lord. kidding. Before I was a Christian. You were like, real square. Uh, I had the mouth of a s- sailor. So it every was second, third every word? second and third oh, word, wow. easily, and to the point where it like because I was motorbike riding back then. It at a quite a high level, so I was interacting with with yeah. sponsors and whatnot, and I'd get pulled up all the time. Especially, I was in Manila. I was in the Philippines riding over there and i got to meet the mayor of manila because i was i was was riding with you were right up there the national champions and stuff and this the mayor of manila actually went on to become the president of the philippines this guy Mm. that i was with but um i had a i had a chat with him and i remember like i i swore a couple times and my sister was so upset with me like but it was just that was my condition like that was where i was at but then as i become christian like Literally, as I was doing Bible studies, the people who were giving them to me, they noticed like, at first it was every two to three words, then it was every couple of sentences, uh-huh. then it was like less and less and less. And then I got baptized, and, and I think a couple of months after I got baptized, like, so that was 2016, end of 2016. I think 2017, I probably swore eight times in the whole year. 20, oh wow, you were in 2018. <laughs> I was counting. <laughs> oh right? wow. Twenty eighteen, five five times. 2019, maybe once or twice. And I think since 2020, literally not a single time. Because it, it's a habit thing, right? Like it's yeah, completely, absolutely. it's completely gone out of my lexicon. Like Praise it's just, the Lord. It's, and,
0: so, and that's the same with me because I was brought up in a home where there was no swearing. Yeah. So it's a whole lot harder in your case yeah. where that's the world you were living but, in. Like
1: really, like, Transformation like praise the Lord. Know, And I still interact with You know Family members or friends Or whatever who swear But I, it, it just doesn't It just doesn't come out It doesn't like it, 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 it doesn't And I really praise God There's a pastor In the United States His name is Tim Ross He is the pastor He was the pastor Of a church It's called Embassy City Church Which is It was running for about 10 years Until he left the church At the end of 2022 To go full time Into his podcasting Ministry Embassy City Church is like a classic kind of congregationalist, non-denominational church that's, you know, really big and the pastor's quite famous. Mm. Now, Tim Ross, he has a podcast with 278,000 subscribers and, you know, thousands and thousands of listeners. Wow. And he, on his podcast, has said that, it, well, he swears a lot even though he's a pastor. Sorry? He swears a lot. Whoa. And he says that it's actually, a, well, this was his position. He said, it's fine to use profanity. I would never do so from, from the pulpit. But, you know, in my podcast, it's just, you know, general speech and my emotions get so strong. that oh, I struggle uh, with what I'm hearing.
0: The, yeah, 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 yeah. Hear
1: me out, hear me out. My, 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 uh, my, you know, emotions get so strong about what I'm talking about and... About God That I then swear Whoa And I was like Huh And you know I'm reading this And he's like You know Using um, uh, uh, Using strong language On my Um Uh public platforms and whatnot, I don't think has been an issue. It's something that I'm not convicted about. Mm. Uh, But now he has made the decision from, you know, a few of his different pastor friends and whatnot, encouraging him. And a lot of people sending him Ephesians 4.29. He said, okay, fine. I won't swear on my podcast, even though it's something that I don't feel convicted about. And I like, and the kind of profanity that he was using is Mm. not, he wasn't, he wasn't saying like, like, damn you know here in australia like the the word damn is like in, in in america it's more of a profanity here in australia it's just not at all and if you're using it in concerts where it's a, <laughs> the thing that holds water then it's not profanity but uh, <laughs> but um but for him like like he was saying like the f word and oh. all of this stuff like it's intense now
0: like, I, I struggle with that that the f word particularly if yeah. i ever hear that you know absolutely yeah.
1: the f word but then also you know um another term that is used by you know colloquially by african americans that you know, yeah he's using all of these terms on his on his christian podcast and his initial defense of this was
0: so, so is he getting losing listeners because of this well, or what's happening there well
1: he's i believe he's still gaining listeners but at the same time yeah he's ultimately decided to go away from it but his justification was this this is one of his justifications he said Uh, His listeners now tend to be non-believers or new Christians and can handle what comes out of my mouth.
0: Yeah. And then he's training the new Christians that this is part of their language. Yeah. Come on.
1: Yeah. I was, I was kind of shocked reading this uh, because it also shows like that this person has, if they're like, oh, well, I'm not at the pulpit so I can talk like this. It also shows that they have a habit to talk like this at home Mm. and, The reason I'm talking about it, you know, I I don't think it's a good thing just to like. This is something that's in a public forum. Like Mm -hmm. what people do in their homes, like I can't see, I can't judge. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like if that is kind of flowing out Mm of them, it shows that they're not living up. To the biblical command, um, mm. you know, to to really subject our tongues to to God.
0: Absolutely, and about this whole overcoming of sin, because mm. you know we are called to be overcomers uh, in this life. Do you know what I mean? And. Mm. And in, you know, and, and Revelation speaks of those uh, that says those who have overcome, mm. um, you know, and, and the thing is that we've all got areas in our lives that we need to overcome. And swearing is a really big one because yeah. it's such an external thing too. And it's impacting the journey of somebody else because right. in general, um, pu- the public actually, it's really interesting when I've gone into homes even with my husband or you know even on my own where we visit people who are early on their journey or not even yet started on their journey of Christianity um, and they start swearing they actually say "Oh." Oh, sorry, I know you're here. Nope. So they're already aware they're that... They're conscious. They're very yeah. conscious that as Christians, the expectation... not Well, not just the expectations, but that we are to live that life that reflects mm. um, the character in and, and Jesus in every way, yeah. and therefore we are not to swear.
1: That's right. Maybe you're listening this morning and, you know, one... Uh, kind of interpretation that I've heard of this is, oh, well, it's just words, man. Who cares? Um, but then Jesus says, he says, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it's what comes out of mm-hmm. the mouth. This defiles a person. And you might be thinking, oh, well, that's because, you know, something with meaning, whereas swearing doesn't have meaning behind it. And I would say, no, it absolutely does. And again, my personal journey, like one of the things that I really saw different about Christians that that enabled me to... To want to spend time with them and to want to get to know what they're about and what they believe in is because... They didn't swear. Yeah, yeah. Because there's
0: no need to swear, and you can have civil conversations. That's right. That you know. And their
1: language was so loving and so kind, Mm. and you know. And let's say they needed to. Let's say they needed to talk about a problem, Mm -hmm. talk about an issue. They could talk about it in calmness, in gentleness. That was something that I could not do. Like if I come to someone and said, "Hey, let me tell you about my day. Let me tell about my issues." All of a sudden, I'm just like swearing my head off and getting you know and as the bible says like furious words or, furious or they they get us riled up like a bad word gets us riled up but a gentle word you know it, this is part of the proverbs it, it diffuses it diffuses and completely. and so like there is so much positive benefit from Yo. speaking in a way that it, from kind leaving, words, kind words, and leaving swearing out yeah. um, of our of our lexicon, and our language because it is a blessing to the man or the woman beside us. And so, yes. hey guys, I want to get your thoughts zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. How do you feel about this issue? And look, we've you, already got one big y- response yeah, on that one. You, you can come <laughs> from any side. Like we we Yo. we would love to hear what your opinion is on this. Pastor swearing, Christian swearing zero four nine one zero six four six six We're going to continue on with the show right now. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different
0: listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. Lawson, it's come time for our next quiz question for today. We're getting lots of answers and also responses to some of what you shared earlier, but we'll share those a little bit later after our interview segment Mm. so that John can have enough time. So take it away with our next quiz.
1: Our next quiz question here. Name a certain disciple at Damascus who was told to find Saul of Tarsus and lay his hands upon him so that he might regain his sight. Who was it that Help Saul regain his sight? If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. Again, who helped Saul regain his sight in Damascus? 0491-064-669. Our prize for this week, 13 Weeks to Joy by Jennifer Jules Schwerzer. If you answer these questions correctly, you'll get in the draw for that. Again, number 491 64 669. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And on the phone, joining us is none other than Dr. John Ashton. John, are you there with us?
2: Ah, uh, yes. Good morning, Austin.
1: Yes, good morning. We are stoked to have you on the show to be talking about well usually when you jump on we talk about all things science and <laughs> you know chemistry or biology or geology or all of these various things. But we're going down a bit of a different route this morning and talking a bit more about biology.
2: Uh yes, well that's right. Um Uh, It's interesting, I was at uh, the recent Faith and Science Conference and one of the issues uh, that people wanted to discuss at the next uh, uh, conference was um, the gender issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, there's a lot of um, talk these days about gender dysphoria and this is where young people are not happy with the uh, particular gender that they have. Um, and also uh, there was a program recently on Channel 7 about, and I was surprised about the enormous number of young people uh, that are, are opting to want a change uh, from one gender to the other. And apparently there's websites that, you know, encourage this, say it's trendy and all this sort of thing. So I think it's very important perhaps to have a, a bit of a look at the science of this. Mm. Um, and what is happening at this time. So the change from childhood to adulthood is called adolescence. Mm. And this is where we change from being a a non-fertile, non-reproductive individual into a fertile, um, uh, productive person who can uh, potentially have children. Uh, But it, it involves... Not just the um, sexual maturity that everything seems to be focused on and mm. um, the appearance of sexual characteristics. But one important thing that seems to be missed is or couple is that it also involves cognitive function development mm. and psychological development. Mm. So there's a huge changes that occur in this change as we change from being children to adults. It's not only the the reproductive sexual things that change, but it's also our brain changes, our cognitive function Mm, and our psychological development. So it's very dangerous in my view to begin chemically interfering with this and secondly to give children who have not fully developed their cognition and uh, psychologically the ability to... Um, uh, to make decisions that are then being enforced uh, by adults. Mm. Now, there's a lot of confusion. Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, John, I actually watched that show as well on Sunday night with my husband. Um, It was on Spotlight, yeah, Channel 7. Just a fascinating show, wasn't it? And and I I hear what you're saying here about the children not being fully cognitively developed and yet there is such a strong push isn't there about them still making the decisions and even without the parents knowing which is absolutely mind-boggling um in that space and when you say that there's you know there's a lot um that are on the list i think they said it was about a thousand on the waiting list for for changeover of gender in australia at the moment isn't it it's it's like a really high number
2: well, yes, I actually thought it was more than no, that. I thought it was one particular hospital. Oh, that okay, minute.
0: right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Which is even worse. So. Mm, well, that,
2: well, well, that's right. Now, I, I think one of the other things we need to understand is that young people are being even confused about, you know, what the definition of a male and, uh, and female are. And I think I read somewhere where some politician in Finland or something was accused uh, and was subject to legal action by saying that um, man can't have babies. You know, I mean, yeah. so, uh, and apparently what they're saying is here we can have a gender change, a woman can now be called a man, but she can still have a womb and ovaries, and they're pushing uh, babies. So it's crazy, and I think we need to get back to Jesus affirmed in Mark uh, chapter 10, verse 6, that in the beginning God created the male and female. Mm. Now, my part of the confusion arises is that <clears throat> there are very, very small amount of people. It's about one in twenty thousand births where they can have. We we know that males are characterised by XY having a Y chromosome and females only have an X chromosome and that twenty third chromosome. But um, there are some cases where there are genetic defects, so a person can have largely uh, what we call the female chromosomes but have a male reproductive organ uh, and vice versa. And these are due to genetic mutations. But a very, very small amount of people, as I said, would probably represent in total a 1,000 people in our population in Australia would have that. And, of course, a very, very small subset of those have both reproductive organs. Now, the interesting thing is in those cases, those people are born infertile. In the case of... Um, uh, uh, of women uh, that uh, made, that have ovaries and, um, and have a womb, they uh, can get, uh, uh, sometimes an egg can be placed and uh, they can still have uh, children that way, even though they have other male characteristics. But again, we're talking about very rare uh, mutations. So the general definition is that you're a male if you have testes person who has testes is a male, a person who has ovaries is a female and you can't change. So you can't, young people can't change from being a female into a male, into a reproductive male. So a reproductive Mm. female, Mm. a young person has the potential to be a reproductive female, can't change into a reproductive male. So if these um, transformations are carried right through to completion, Mm. it essentially makes the person infertile. Mm. And so this is, you know, this is a very serious thing that the person is making. And one of the other things is that there's been a focus on the genetics. We are actually controlled by a whole lot of complex biochemistry that is involved here. So we have the uh, gonadotropin-releasing hormone, um, and this um, it become uh, during um, puberty, for example, which is the first half of adolescence. So... From uh, say uh, 10 to 13 to 14 to 16 years of age, this is puberty. This is the first half of adolescence, and then there is the the immaturity, the particularly of cognitive and psychological development, that occurs in the second half of, of adulthood. And uh, these particularly uh, gonadotropin-releasing hormone pulses, for example, are controlled by um, multiple neuropeptides. So these are brain chemicals, you know, stimulating ones such as glutamic Acid and septin or inhibitory ones, Gamma Butyric Acid and so forth. So mm-hmm. one of the things that is we need to understand is that the development during this time takes place in stages. We don't instantaneously change mm-hmm. from having a child, uh, non-sexual characteristic to adult, uh, uh, sexually mature characteristics. You know, such as breast development. This takes place in stages. And so, for example, for one human, you know, one breast may develop further than another, faster than another. Uh, they can experience a lot of uh, tenderness. Um our, uh, there's another gland, the apocrine gland begins to develop. This is a sweat producing gland that specifically produces adult type odours. And so, again, they can begin to smell differently. Um, boys at certain stage can begin to develop breasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 50% of boys go through this, and then uh, these then just uh, dissipate away. So what we're saying is these changes can be very scary. The uh, onset of the an notch and so forth can be very scary to when they're happening at the time, and they can... Mm-hmm. Uh, For example, the uh, hormonal generation can involve very, very wide swings until it settles down. Now, what young people need to be encouraged is that this is normal and everything will settle down and it will all come out balanced at the end. Mm -hmm. But during this process, and these processes are controlled, for example, by the hypothalamus, which uh, controls the biochemical balance in our body. This, in turn, controls the uh, the gonads, the, the testes and the ovaries, and the hormones that they're producing, such as uh, estradiol and um, um, and uh, testosterone. And, uh, and, of course, uh, the pituitary gland, this controls the function of a whole lot of grand glands. So it's very complex biochemistry. And, of course, if young people are encouraged, oh, you know, maybe I'm more a girl or maybe I'm more a boy or this sort of thing, and they go and start getting puberty-blocking um, drugs that are sort of interfering with the <clears throat> body's own production of these chemicals, depending on how far this goes um as i said you can lead to irreversible uh, uh, changes there's, And, and there's, John,
0: sorry just just on that too, it's really interesting isn't it because we just look at the externals of what's happening with, you know, as teenagers that would just always say, or even when we were you know, kids, <laughs> when I was it's like, you know, you're, you're rebellious or, you know, why you, you know the, the moods are all over the place and, and it is because of those chemical changes that you just explained mm. to us and we don't stop to think about what's going on in that space but with really what you're saying there too um, you know, in many ways is is that you know with the chemical changes that are natural chemical changes if on top of that then they're getting these artificial chemical changes to actually change their body we're really dabbling with it in such a bad way mm. um i isn't that isn't that really what's happening within the medical field? And that's what I know. In Spotlight, one one of the young girls that actually shared, she just said, "Of how much it's actually just affected the body so badly." But one another one said, "You know, I, I was always I'm always a, I've come to realize that I'm always a girl." She went from being a girl to a boy, and then went from back from a boy to a girl. She said, "But I've realized that I've I'm really always just a girl because, like you say, there's that reproductive system that's already been designed by God in a particular way." and that can't be changed
2: well that's right yes we can't um, uh, change across a, a there and the other thing is too who we are is in our minds you know our thoughts and these are non-material they um, our moods can change and this sort of thing but functionally who we are is non-material and this is um, that's our thoughts you know you can weigh your brain you can weigh your pituitary gland and so forth But you can't weigh your thoughts. Mm. Our thoughts are non-material, and that's who you are. That's a special thing, and I think it's very important for young people be made to realize that they are special, that they were made in the image of God, that they are unique, that God Mm. has a special plan for them. We Mm. know how David, under inspiration, talked about how, God, you were there when I was knitted Mm. together in my mother's womb. And that we, and I guess, as that um, lady psychologist pointed out, child psychologist, young people need to be encouraged that they will get through these things.
0: That's right. You mm-hmm.
2: know, part, part of normal girls. Now, I remember um, uh, my, my oldest daughter, you know, wanting to uh, just a boy kind tree. She so much wanted to be... You know, a boy and do boy things. And we let her do that. She, she dressed, climbed trees, rode horses, drove a tractor, drove it into the fence one day, <laughs> um, and so forth. Um, and, uh, had a lot, but then later really bloomed into a beautiful young woman that enjoyed wearing, you know, beautiful dresses and, and bikinis and, and this sort of thing. And this is the thing that we need to encourage. You get through this. It's a, it's a bit of a rough time. We need to encourage them. Um, to get get through this, but god has a has a plan for this and um, and I think that 's where as christians we need to we need to understand this um, and encourage our our young people to hang in there um, and again remember that it 's not just sexual development that's taking place there 's the mental cognitive function development the psychology, uh, psychological development that 's taking place, and we need to let these take place naturally in my view and when people are an adult uh, later on you have 21 plus Uh, what they choose to do God gives us freedom but at least protect our children up to that stage
0: yeah and I love what you're saying with that John because it is about protecting our children and actually guiding them through those stages in every way isn't it so thanks so much John we really appreciate what you've shared today and given food for thought thanks
2: for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM
1: Questions you need answered? The popular question of the day segment has
0: moved. Lyle Southwell will answer every Bible question you have on his new time spot Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Faith FM. During the afternoons with Shell program, so send your questions to info at faithfm.com.au or text us at 04 808 56.